I believe God wants his river to flow. And he started to share with me how God was, was talking to him about the river of God. And, and he referred to this front area as a river. Does anybody remember that service? And it was funny because that evening or that morning, through the middle of the night, God woke me up. And I'm learning when God speaks, I'm learning to record what he says. Because that's a good idea. Has God ever told you something and then you say, well, I'll just till with it in the morning and you forget? <laughs> well, I wasn't going to do that. So I woke up and it was like 2, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. And I'd like to read to you some of the things that I wrote down. And then I want to take a few minutes and I want to show you some scriptures. And we're going to have some time today to worship God. But I believe there's some of us here that need just to play in the river. Did you hear me? I think there's some of us here that just need to take time in the river. And, I mean, in the last four or five days, Winona would say, we, we were just amazed at some of these little things. I mean, this morning, Pastor Nelson, the most careful driver around, had his mattress fly off the back of his pickup truck because he didn't tie it down. He did, but not good enough. But sometimes things happen to us in the most inopportune times. You know, you're planning to do something, and all of a sudden, something happens, and it gets in the way. And I had a few of those things happen to me this week, but I am determined that that is not going to stop me or get in my way. And I believe there's some of you here that just need to chill, as they would say. Come on, can we use vernacular that we realize today? Chill. Some of us just need to chill and relax. Chillax, as they would say. Chillax. Okay. What is it? Calm and keep your peace on or something like that? Um, So I'll, I want to read to you a few of the thoughts that God gave me, and then I want to share with you a few verses. What God gave me February the 9th at 1.41 in the morning. He, I wrote down, a new level of worship. I'm expecting a new level of worship. I'm expecting that what used to happen isn't going to cut it anymore. I am not satisfied just to come and sing songs. And we've never, ever had that mentality or that mindset here. We've always been a people that will come to worship. But I expect and believe that we're even going to take it to another level. Amen. I see freedom of worship. Whole nother level. A new dimension. And then I wrote down the front area called the river. And that's what got me, because when Pastor Jim was sharing with me, I said, just a minute, and I grabbed my phone, and I wanted to show him. Um, how are the parents doing here this morning? I see a lot of children. Are you guys okay? 
I'll, I'll tell you this. I don't care if your children yell, cry, or scream right now. Okay? I know the nursery starts at 11. If you need to stand up and hold them a bit, but don't, don't freak out. Okay? Don't freak out. I was a little kid. I actually was underneath the pew playing when the preacher was teaching. My children did it. I once actually threw up in church. And it wasn't because the preaching was bad. It was because I wasn't feeling well. And my parents had me literally in the front row. So I don't want you to feel bad if your children are moving around. If they come up here, that's okay. That's not going to freak me out. Okay? So I want you to be at ease. I'll be honest with you. Personally, I would love if your children could stay the whole entire service. And I know some of you are saying, well, you believe in miracles. <laughs> okay? And that's why we have the nursery, but I want you to be free. So the service may start at 1030, but I'm expecting that there's going to be times when we just start worshiping when we get here. There's going to be times when you're going to walk through the door and you thought, gee, I'm early. What are they doing? But I'm expecting and believing that God is just going to overwhelm and come into this house and cause us just to expand in worship and explode in worship right away. So I'm expecting some crazy stuff to happen. I wrote down, enters gates with thanksgiving. We're looking at making these two gates here. I've got a couple designs and uh, learning how to use font and use the correct font, but we're going to put a metal sign on those two gates that says Thanksgiving on both gates. So every time you come in, you expect it and see it right in front of your eyes. I'm coming into here with Thanksgiving. We're not coming in Sunday morning preparing to worship. We're coming here already to worship. Amen? Have you ever been to a hockey game? I mean, what time does the game start? It starts at 7 o'clock. When do you get there? Yeah, Pastor Daniel will get there 10 to 7. Yeah, he, That's when he parks, and then he runs, and he says, come on, run, everybody. But anybody else other than Pastor Daniel, when do you get? If you go to a movie, do you go to a movie just when it starts, or do you get there early? So why can't we do that in the house of God? I got a couple amens there. A few of you are going, oh, where is he going with this? So when we come to worship, we are already ready to worship. And some of us, that might be easier, and some of us might be tougher. Some of us with children, that might be a struggle. And you know what? That's okay. We're here with you. Okay? You don't have to come in through those doors smiling, saying, I'm here to worship, hallelujah, and, and dragging, you know, with the chain behind you or the leash behind you. Come on, kids, let's go. That's, okay, we want you to be real, but what I want you to do is I want you to start thinking, I'm prepared to worship. I'm coming to worship. My life is a lifestyle of worship. And when you start doing that, what happens is it becomes an overflow. And when we get together, when you get together with a bunch of like-minded people, fun stuff starts to happen. Things just start to happen organically or naturally. Why? Because we're all coming together to worship. We're not building ourselves up. We're not trying to get hooray, hooray, and hurrah, hurrah. We're here to worship. 
So I expect that there's going to be Sunday mornings when 1030 is only a number on the wall because we're worshiping already. And so if you come here early, yeah, you can have your coffee at the back, but you can sing back there. You might come to the front. You might start praying. I want, I want to see us praying here at the front, asking God to come. I want him to invade my space. I want every seat in this house prayed for. And I will be praying over every seat because every spot that you sit down, I want you to be anointed and touched by God. And the empty seats that visitors may come, I'm expecting them to be touched when they come here because there are people that will come with needs. And I tell you, a song doesn't cut it, but the power of the Holy Spirit is the power that transforms lives. So we're going to take a couple minutes and we're going to look at a few verses in the Bible. I'd like you uh, to turn to Ezekiel chapter 47. And while you're turning there, Bradley, would you stand up? Everybody remembers Bradley? (laughs) Stay standing and watch his face. Watch his face. See how he's smiling? Why are you smiling? Because he's got this beautiful young lady beside him, who is his wife, who is now here in Canada. Veronica, could you stand, please? He went to a foreign land. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Welcome. You may be seated. (laughs) Shout out from the crowd. Brother Darren, could you stand for a moment? Amen. Turn around, look back there. Hallelujah. (laughs) Praise God. You're looking good, Darren. You're looking good. It is good to see you. You had triple bypass surgery, but he's feeling better. You're getting stronger. You've been home for about a week and a half, two weeks, about a week and a half. So he's got a regimen of exercise and and walking. But God does amazing things. It is so good to see you, brother. And you're going to be touched today. And and you can stay there. If you come up, you can sit down. One of the things we're we're thinking about doing is, is when we take time to pray, we may have some chairs because sometimes when we pray, we don't want somebody to fall down and accidentally hurt themselves or bump into people. So we are trying to understand this is a work in progress. Have you ever met somebody who's a work in progress? Come on. We all. Come on. Um, well, as we, as we see the river happening in the front, I think there's going to be some things that we understand and some things that we're going to adjust or some things that we need to tweak. And we're in this together. So one of the things that I've noticed is um, we were praying for people over the last little while, and uh, Renee's at the back trying to usher, and we got something happening up here, so we need to be considerate um, and just say, Renee, can you come up? Well, sometimes he can't make it up. There's things happening. So we may have a chair or two. It might be this one, just one of the ones from here, but we need to be considerate of that. Um, So there may be a few things like that. One of the things that that we'd like to do when, when we come to worship. Everybody is welcome to come to worship. And you can worship in your chairs and in your seats. That's fine. But I believe there's something 
crazy that happens when you take a step of faith and you come to worship and, and you might say, well, then, then you're formalizing this. Well, no, there's a river in the, in the scriptures. In fact, it starts in the Garden of Eden. God had a river in the Garden of Eden and it had four branches. We talked a little bit about that yesterday and you see the river throughout the scriptures. And part of that river is there's life in that river. So I want to encourage you to, to not feel embarrassed or ashamed or awed, but you can come up into, and to worship and experience in the river. And as we do that, the first thing we're going to do is we want to just take time to enjoy his presence. Amen? And if you need prayer, you can let us know, or at some point we may say we're going to pray for people. But the first thing we're going to do is we're just going to have people coming forward just to worship and enjoy God's presence. If you could turn, if you, have you, everybody, has everybody turned to Ezekiel 47? Okay, I want to read a few uh, verses out of this passage. We'll start in verse 1. Afterward he brought me again unto the door of, of the house, and behold, waters issued out from under the threshold of the house. Eastward toward the forefront of the house stood towards the east, and the waters came down from under the right side of the house at the south side of the altar. And then he brought me out of the way, out of the gate northward, and he led me by the way without unto the outer gate, by the way that looks eastward. And behold, there ran out waters on the right side. So you see this picture of the temple, of God's place, of his dwelling place, and you see water flowing. Where's it coming from? It's flowing from his house. It's flowing from his throne, from his house, from his habitation. It's not something man-made. It's something that flows from where God planted it and where God dwells. And then you see in verse 3 that a man, he, takes, he has a line in his hand and he went forth eastward and he measured a thousand cubits and he brought me through the waters and the waters were to the ankles. And again, he measured a thousand and he brought me through the waters and the waters were to the knees. Again, he measured a thousand and he brought me through and the waters were to the loins. And afterwards, he measured a thousand and it was a river that I couldn't pass over for the waters were risen, waters to swim in, a river that could not be passed over. And so we see an aspect of the water as it grows and it's deeper and deeper. Some of you might be happy and satisfied just to get your feet wet. That's okay. Some people, the water will touch your ankles. Others might get a little higher. Some of you might get to your loins or your waist. And some of you might actually be carried away in the river and just flow in the river. What I want to say is that we're, we're all working with each other where we're at. So some of you may be more apt or more prepared. I'm not worried about that. I want you to experience the power of the river of God. And there's many different aspects that people have, have shared on that. All I want you to see is that the river is there, and it can be, and it's open for everyone. And whether you want to just go like this and dip your toe in it, or whether you want to go and jump in it, and splash around. I don't understand. I don't know, but it's okay. There may be some things that happen that we can't explain. That's okay. Okay? 
I'm, I'm okay with that. The next Sunday, I might come up and I might try to explain it. But I want us to be free to enjoy His presence, His peace, His joy, His river, His strength, His comfort, His life. And sometimes that might be different than what I expect. I mean, the Fraser River, when it flows, it flows and sometimes it goes in directions or has an ebb or a flow to it that might be different than what you and I expected. So I want us to be free and I want us to be able to experience that. So some of us might be happy just to dip our toe in it, get into our ankles, but I want you to know that when you step in, there's life in the river. Jesus said in John, I didn't come to steal, kill, and destroy. In fact, that's what the enemy does. He says, I've come to give you life. So if you're here this morning and you need some life, you get in the river. You get connected with God. You participate in the worship before him. I want you to skip down now to verse 12. And I just want you to see, this is a long verse. It says, And by the river, upon the bank thereof, on this side and on that side, shall grow all trees for meat. So trees are grown for meat. In the garden, the trees were for meat. If you read about it in, in Genesis, you'll find out that the trees were for meat. They were for provision, for food. Whose leaf shall not fade. This is what happens along the river. This is the, the vitality that the river of God produces. And this is the, the prosperity. This is the abundance. This is the life. This is the perpetuality of what the river gives and the life that it has within it. Whose leaf shall not fade. Neither shall the fruit thereof be consumed. It shall bring forth new fruit according to his months. God expects the trees that are planted along the river to bear fruit and to bring forth and to bring forth and to bring forth. When you get into the river, you get into a river that's a lifeline, that's full of life, that can produce things in your life that other things and other places can't. It shall bring forth new fruit according to his mouth because, because their waters they issued because their waters they issued out of the sanctuary. It's the source that determines the life. It is the source that determines the life. The source was the sanctuary, the dwelling place, God's house. And it is from there that life happened and life began and life was initiated. It is the source that determined the life. I don't know about you, but there's... I need to get in the river today. <laughs> I, I, I need to have time just worshiping God, and I'm looking forward to spending time in His presence. I'm desperate for it. My soul is craving to spend time with him. Why? Because he's the source. He is the one that gives me life. I want you to see a couple other things here in this verse. The fruit thereof shall be for meat, and the leaf thereof for medicine. When we come to the river... I expect God to do some supernatural provision. I expect God to do some supernatural healing. I'm expecting healing to happen without people praying for each other. 
I'm expecting healing to happen when we come into the river. Why? Because its river is full of medicine. It is the life supply. It is the illustration of God's life and His flowing. Are you ready to receive that? I'd like you to turn to Revelation. Last Sunday I talked out of, out of uh, Genesis chapter 1, 2, and 3, and we saw the river there. I shared with you the, the, the names of the four rivers. Where when, you, when you look at the names, you find out that one river meant bountiful, one river meant uh, abounding, one river meant uh, rapid, um, and I forget the fourth one. But they all had to do with excess and flowing and moving. They weren't drought, dreary, tired, weary, lonely. They were words that I like. I mean, when I get a cup of water, I don't like to get just a little cup. I like to get it full to the top. And the river of God is a river that overflows. It's a river that springs up and it flows within itself. It's a river that's rapid, that's strong. It's a river of prosperity, of strength, of abundance. If you turn to Revelation chapter 22, I want to see the picture here of the river again. Aren't you glad I have to change and find the book of the Bible myself because that gives you time to find it? You know, like, I don't have it on my iPad right in front of me. Revelation chapter 22. And he showed me a pure river of water of life. This is the picture in heaven of what God looks at when he sees the river. This is what's flowing. And we talk about on earth as it is in heaven. There's an expectation in our hearts of what God, you're doing in heaven. We want to see that happening on earth. And there's a river in heaven that is a pure river, a water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits and yielded her fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Amen. The, the healing of the nations was found in the tree. And I would suggest to you that there's no healing necessary in heaven, so where would the healing need to take place? Here. Here. I would suggest to you that in heaven there is no pain and no sorrow. So if the healing of the nations must mean that he wants to provide it from there to flow down to us now. I don't need his provision when I get to heaven. I don't need his health when I get to heaven. I'm going to have a whole new body. I'm going to be a redeemed body. I'm going to be glorified. I need it now. There's a river of life, and it's pure, and it bears fruit every month, and the leaves of tree were for the healing of the nations. Who here needs a healing today? I don't care if you've got sniffles. If you don't like it, raise your hand. You know what? You live with what you accept. So if you accept sniffles, live with it. I don't. When you get into God's river, there's provision and there's healing in there. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God 
And of the lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall her- serve him. And they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. When we get to spend time in the river, what happens is we start to change. And my circumstances do not, no longer dictate, but now the river dictates. Amen? Are you expecting something this morning in worship? I'm expecting something. Pastor Daniel's going, oh, Lord, what, what do I got to do? I got to pick up a certain song. I, no, I'm not putting any pressure on Pastor Daniel. I'm expecting that when we gather together, God honors his word, and he comes and he dwells in the midst of his people that praise him. And this morning, we're going to come and we're going to worship and we're going to exalt him, and I am expecting miracles to happen. I'm expecting people that are tired and weary to be strengthened and encouraged this morning. I'd like you to look at one other passage of Scripture. If you can turn about halfway through your Bible, if you could get to Matthew. It's the first book of the New Testament, Matthew chapter 11. And I got like 75 things that I'd like to share with you about this. I want to read a passage and then I just want to explain a few words out of this passage and then we're going to get into worship. And I'm not going to say it's going to take me five minutes because it will take me a little bit longer. But in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 30, it says, Come unto me. And, and it's in red. That means Jesus is talking here. So Jesus looks around and he says, Come unto me. All you that, are, that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And this morning, I want to speak some prophetic words over you this morning. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. And I believe there's some of us here that are carrying things that we do not need to carry. And I'm here to tell you that God's going to take the straps off that backpack and you're going to lose it and you're going to have rest and you're going to have peace. Some of these words, the first word that we see is come. Have you ever told your child to come? Do you say, come here? Or do you say, come? There are moments in time when we actually get what we call emphatic. We are like, there's emphasis. Come here. I want to show you something. Come here. Come. And Jesus in this passage, he's not just saying, come. What he's saying is, come here, come. And he's actually, it's vital, important information. That's what that word actually means and implies. That's the the thought and the message behind that word. When he says, come there, he's saying, come, I've got something important I need you to understand. I've got something that I want you to see. Come here, I want to show you something. He's not just saying, hey, just come around, come on. 
He's, he's like, come. This morning, I want to say, come. 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 Don't sit back. Come. There's something for you here today. There's something here for you today. Come. I want to show you something. I want you to experience something. I want you to know and understand and realize that you are not in this alone. You do not have to carry this, but I am here with you. In fact, I will do the supernatural and I'll take that weight off of you. But you got to come. And he's emphatic. This is important. Have you ever told your child to come because you had something that you wanted, and they just were dilly-dallying, and it was like they were just like, ho-hum. And it's like, come here! I've got something! And they're like, oh, I'm just looking at the birds. I'm just enjoying my walk. And you're saying, no, get here! This ice cream is going to melt! Get here quick! Come! I'm not saying there's ice cream at the front, but... But there's an emphasis. There is emotion behind that word. God is very purposeful in what he does and says. And when he says come, he's saying it with purpose and with emphasis. Why? Because he knows what's going to happen. I'm the guy that holds the reason why I said come. So when I tell you to come, I have a reason for it. I've got ice cream. I've got something. So there's some excitement. Jesus in the same way. Why is he saying come? Because he knows that he holds something that they need. He holds something that I need. He holds something that you need. That is a word of vital importance. The word labor. Most of us know what that word means. Labor. Anybody here exhausted? Do you ever, do you ever feel like, huh? I mean, I'm glad there's only six days a week and I get one day off. And some of us even say, gee, I don't even get that day off. But there's an, have you ever felt exhausted? Have you ever felt like, I just can't take this anymore? You wake up and it's like another, ugh, another day of the old grind. There were times, I dreaded when my alarm would go off when I worked at some times. Not every day. But there were days when I knew what was coming and it was like, I don't want to go there. Because I'm going to walk through that door and I'm going to get yelled at. I'm going to walk through that door and they're going to say, where's this? Where's that? When's this happening? When's, and things I could, and it would just be overwhelming. And I would be exhausted even before I got to work. Does, can, can anybody relate? Okay, so there's, there's some of you that are more spiritual than me, but there's some of you that identify with me. I thank you for that. Labor. Have you ever felt fatigued? He says, come unto me, all you who labor. If you feel fatigued, if you feel exhausted, if you feel weary, come. He is giving an invitation when we don't deserve it. We think we have to measure up. 
I can't present this to this person till I measure up to their expectations. And God, in his wisdom, says, you know what? You can't do it, so I'm just going to offer it to you anyways. Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, who labor, exhausted, heavy laden. There's a burden placed upon you. Oh, a burden placed upon you. Have you ever had somebody place a burden on you? People have an expectation on you that you actually didn't even ask for. And it weighs on you. It weighs on your mind. It weighs on you physically. You are exhausted. You are like, I can't handle this. They expect me to do this. They expect me to do that. And after a while, we literally feel bent over from the stress and from the pressure of being heavy laden. Can anybody relate to that? If you're loaded with a burden this morning... Come. If you are heavy with a burden that has been placed upon you this morning, I want to yell it at you. Come. Come. There is rest and there is peace for your soul where Jesus is. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. I like rest. Rest. I, can't, I, I, I think just about everybody I've talked to at one point or another has been appreciative of a day off or of rest or of reprieve or of somebody taking a load off of them and that relaxing them. I've yet to meet somebody that just says, give it to me every day, 24-7. Give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. I can take a... I've yet to meet somebody like that. I meet people that take it, but they also know how to release it and let it go. But I believe there's some of you here today that you're heavy. I believe there's some of us here today that it's like, (laughs) it took everything within me just to get here today. Man, can you imagine what it's like to get up, get yourself ready, and then get five monkeys ready? Because they never behave like children the day that you're supposed to get them ready. And if you saw they jumped around and stuff, you'd say they were monkeys. And I mean, you're exhausted by the time you get your clothes on, let alone the kids' clothes on, or let alone this, or let alone making breakfast, let alone this. And all of a sudden, these things just hand pound and pound and pound and I got to do this because my husband wants this or I got to do this because my wife wants this or I have to do this because my boss is expecting this or I have to do this because Pastor David expects me to do this or Pastor Nelson says this or Pastor Daniel wants it done in a certain way and we have all these burdens and these things that we take and some of these things you know what we need to just let them go I'm not saying you are irresponsible but what happens yeah, don't, don't come up and say, I'm free, I'm free, don't bother me. No, what we do is we give them to him. He says, come unto me. 
He doesn't say, go to the dump yard and dump them. He says, come unto me. This morning, some of you are going to get a breakthrough. Some of you are going to experience a peace and a rest that you have never experienced before. Some of you are going to be saturated with his presence and with the Holy Spirit that you are going to be just like incapable for a few minutes. You'll be capable enough to drive, but you are going to be incapable for a few minutes. Why? Because God is going to come and he's just going to overwhelm you. And if you are prepared to come and say, I am weary, I am tired, I'm exhausted, I've got things on me, he says, come. And if you can identify with what he says to come for and why, you will receive the benefit of why he said to come. You will receive rest, which means to cause or permit one to cease from any movement or labor in order to recover and collect his strength. If you need your strength renewed today, I have a secret for you. Come. Come. I don't care why or how. In Hebrews, it says that when we're weak, we approach the throne of grace in the time of need. Mankind and our human mind says, no, we can't do it because I don't deserve it. And God's mind says, no, that's when you need it. And we got to stop thinking about an interaction this way, and we got to start thinking about the interaction this way. I have interactions this way, but when I come to God, I don't react with him this way. I react with him this way. He's my father. He says, come to me if you're weary, David. Come to me if you're heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He doesn't say, I might. And as we worship in the river and as we experience this and we're growing in this and we're learning this and we are experiencing things in the river, we might find that there are days when God just takes it all away. Because we're learning how to take time in His presence. And I'm not trying to make something happen. I'm not trying to make a river, okay, We've used the term, and the reason why we're using the term is just so that we can picture what God does. Okay, we're not doing something. This is carpet. This is carpet. There's not water here. But when we understand in the spirit what God is doing, and that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to paint a picture for you of what it looks like, what it means to come into his river. If you're exhausted today, I want to encourage you to come to the river. If you've got weights upon you that you can barely walk because you've got expectations at work, I want you to come to the river because he will take them and he will remove them and he will actually give you rest. He will permit you to be recovered and to gain your strength back. It says in Isaiah, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. Teach us, Lord, how to wait. I've just got a couple things 
to add before we get into worship. If you were to continue in that verse, he then continues after he says, Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. And then he says, Take my yoke. Take my yoke. And the yoke they're talking about here is one of the pictures they have is of the stick that would go across somebody's back and they'd have a pail of water on each side and it would balance. And what he's saying is take my yoke. Take his way of carrying the burden. It doesn't mean it leaves you, but what it does is it gives you his ability, his way, his style, his design on how to handle it. And he says, take my yoke. Don't take your yoke. Don't come up with your idea. Come up with his idea. He says, I am meek and lowly of heart. You want to take it? What you find out is he's humble. He's got strength under control. And he doesn't strive for position, but he's just there to serve. He says, that's what my yoke looks like. And the last thing I want you to see is it says, and you shall find rest unto your souls. And that word soul there is the word psyche. And I find it amazing that when we come to worship and we worship him in spirit and in truth, and the Holy Spirit comes and he moves like a wind. He is not the wind. He moves like a wind and he moves upon you. And he's like a river. He is not the river. He is like a river and he flows and we get time with him. What happens is what we do in the spiritual realm affects us in the, in the soul realm, in our body, our soul, our spirit. Everything gets affected. The spirit is our inner man. The soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. If you need a touch in your mind today, you can find it in his presence. And what he does is he translates the spiritual and he makes it effective to our soul. I find that amazing. He will take something that we do as an act of faith says that they, you come to worship me in spirit and truth. And by faith we come and worship and we give him praise and we give him glory. And he turns that around and he releases things in our psyche. He releases things in our mind, our will, and our emotions that you can't do seeing no therapist. But he does it. And he takes the spiritual and he translates it, and he puts it into our natural, our soul. If you need comfort today in your mind, if your mind is running 100 miles an hour, he's here for you. Amen. If I could have the musicians, if you could come forward, that's your cue that I've got to stop. We're going to take some time. Pastor Daniel's going to lead us into worship. But I want to encourage you this morning. This morning, if you need rest for your soul, if you need rest for your mind, if your mind is busy, he's the one that can help you. 
If your will is struggling and you're saying, well, I want to do this, but I don't know how. It says he gives peace and rest to your soul. He will actually calm your will. He will actually soothe you. He will actually be therapeutic and just comfort. And all of a sudden, those things that were heavy, that were a labor, that were burdensome, they're gone, and you will actually receive rest. That's what happens when we come into his presence. And one of the things that we experience when we come into his presence is when we come forward and we worship. And you can worship in your chairs. That's fine. You can worship there. But I, I have an expectation of something crazy happening when we take a step of faith and we say, I'm going to step into the river this morning. And I'm not trying to be mystical or, or anything like that, but I'm just trying to paint a picture of you, a spiritual picture, but trying to show a natural way of seeing it and understanding it. Taking a step of faith. And, and, and I want to encourage you. We had a young child up here yesterday, last week, about eight, eight or nine years old, worshiping. Your children can come up. There is no age limit. They can come. They can sit. I might actually sit. You can sit on the, you don't have to stand the whole time. If you get tired, you can go sit down or you can sit down where you are. It's okay. We're here to worship. We are here to bring him glory. We are here to exalt him. But I expect that as we worship and as we lift a sound of praise and worship up to him, he will come and he will remove those heavy burdens. He will take away that thing that feels laborious and he will give you rest to your soul. Your mind will be at peace. Has anybody here got a mind that's racing a mile a minute? I'm going to pray for you right now. That's okay. We're not here to judge. Things happen. Life gets going crazy. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I'm going to ask God to give you peace, to comfort your mind. If you need that right now, just raise your hand as an act of faith to receive. Heavenly Father, as we come and worship, Lord, you will take our worship in spirit And you will turn it around and come and give us peace to our soul. Lord, I speak peace to minds that are busy. Lord, I speak peace and comfort to those that mind, I got to do this, I got to do that. We take those and we arrest them now and we release them. We bring them to you. You are faithful. You are true. And you are the one that will give comfort to our soul. This morning, Lord, as we come to worship you, Lord, I am not going to participate in those activities that cause me to get tired and weary, but I'm going to worship you and I'm going to participate worshiping you. I speak peace to minds, to wills, to emotions. Praise you, Jesus. We thank you that you are a good God. You are faithful, and we worship you, Jesus. Amen.